Man, if you brought your Bibles, go with me, please, to the book of Isaiah, chapter 54, reading in verse 2. If you don't have a Bible, that's fine. You may read along on the screens along with us as well or use your mobile device. We're going to be reading in Isaiah, chapter 54, and starting in verse 2. When you have it, please say amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Isaiah chapter 54 and verse 2. The word of God says, Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Spare not. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your pegs. Tonight, I believe the Lord is presenting before us a challenge saying, Can you afford to expand? We would. Let's all bow our heads. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you for the incredible privilege it is to be in your presence, knowing that there is no other God like you, no other God that is stronger, no other God that is capable of giving us the victory that you have given to us. Pray this moment you would open the ears of your people to receive your word, that it would be a seed sown in good ground. You would use me as an instrument for your honor and for your glory once again to minister to your people that this word would sink deep into their hearts, that they would leave this place blessed, believing that they can and will expand the expansion you have set aside for them. We place all of this in your precious son's name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated tonight. God is in the season of enlarging your faith, stretching your expectations, and expanding your horizons. I think I'm, I'm going to say that one more time because I want it to sink deep into your heart. I said God is in the season of enlarging your faith, stretching your expectations, and expanding your horizons. What does that mean is that if your faith was right here before, guess, guess what? God is in the season. Make your faith grow even higher than that. What you thought you could see, God is going to multiply that. For a moment, close your eyes. Close your eyes, and I want you to imagine what's the biggest thing God can do in your life. Just imagine it. For a moment, close your eyes. Imagine what's the biggest thing God can do in your life. Okay. You have it all thought? Okay, open your eyes. Guess what, friends? That is selling God short because what you just thought about, God can do something a thousand times bigger than that. So if you're, so if you're imagining for your entire family to be sitting in the seats with you one day, pray, pray, God is already preparing the ground to, for that to happen in your life. If you're praying for your coworkers to receive Christ, God is already preparing the ground for that too. If you're in need of a healing, a spiritual, physical, or emotional healing, you come to the house of prayer tonight and you will receive that. Go ahead and start declaring it into your life that you will receive that enlargement of your faith tonight. God asks us, can you afford to expand? Can you afford to go ev even bigger than what you've ever gone before? He asks us with the first question. Question, can you make room? We all have that one room in our house that's just full of junk. <laughs> Stuff that we don't need, but we don't get rid of it because why? We know that someday in three or four years, we are going to what? Need it. Okay? Well, I feel like God is placing before us the challenge of the first part of this verse verse in Isaiah 54 verse 2. Enlarge the place of your tent. God is giving you the order to make room. Why is this good news for us? Because I want you to take a look at the walls of Kingsway Church. Uh, there is going to come a day where we're not going to fit in here anymore. 
because God is doing a marvelous work and we are going to join right along with him and follow right behind him because if God is moving, where do we want to be moving? Right behind him. Not ahead of him, but right behind him. If God is going to, if God is going to expand past these walls, who do you think he's going to use? The body. So I don't want you to get too comfortable in your seats in this coming season because we don't know what God is going to do. But God is saying, I want you to be ready for it anyway. Who's ready for God's move? Bless the Lord. This is great rejoicing to you because the bounds of the church are going to be extended. I want to give you a little history about what was happening in the time of Isaiah. This was a time of idolatry and bigotry. Can you imagine that all around the world that everyone was, serve, was serving other gods besides this God? And I kid you not, the gospel wasn't even, wasn't even in all areas of the land. In fact, it was just in the portion, a portion of the city, city of, Jer- of Jerusalem in the nation of Israel. But wouldn't, but wouldn't you know it that even at that moment, God was telling his people, you need to prepare to get past outside this city because this message is going to go from the east to the west to the north to the south, and I'm going to use my people to do it. Wouldn't you know that, la- that in the earlier parts of the, book of, of the book of Isaiah, he says this, he says, do not bring mine the former things. I am doing a new thing. I will make rivers Bring forth in the desert. Who can do that besides our God? So if this was happening for them, this can happen for, this can happen for, our, for our cities too. We, not, we may not have a big, a big golden statue in the, mid, in, in the middle of the cities, but I kid you not, God is not the only God served in this city. That's, that's, that's who, our, who our fight is against. Not the people, but against what the enemy is, try, is, try, is trying to do. Because for so long, the enemy has tried to limit the borders of God people. The enemy tried to say, you just need to stay right here. You need to get comfortable right here. And you don't need to do anything else. You have enough people here, that's great. But God is saying, you need to believe me for more because I'm in the business of enlarging your territory. Saying, can you make room for God? Can you make even more room for God? If you, go with me to Acts chapter 9, verse 31. I felt, we feel like God, that God was saying for the, for the city of Jerusalem that it should not be just limited to the city of Jerusalem, but should take place in other parts, Judea, Galilee, Samaria. Hence, we read of the churches in those places. Look, so the church throughout all of Judea and Galilee and Samaria enjoyed peace, being built up and going on in the fear of the Lord, in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. It continued to what? Increase. Friend, is it still increasing today? Are people still are people still being saved here? Yes, they are. God is even then was preparing for an expansion of his kingdom. So I want you to just imagine the I want you to imagine these walls because what 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 has Pastor Isaac, what has the Lord told Pastor Isaac about Kingsway Church? That we are a church without Church, a church without walls, which means we are going to have to leave this place from time to time to go find the lost that are in the city that don't know what a true home looks like. They may have a beautiful home, but they, but they may be spirit, spiritually homeless. And we all know what that feels like. To go, to not, to, you may have everything in your life you think sorted out, but you don't, but you don't have your one thing figured out, and that is where your eternity is going to spend. How many of us know that we're going to spend an eternity with Jesus Christ? Those who those who've accepted him, those who have believed in him, those who are following after him wholeheartedly. This is what God is preparing you for, that you are going to have an expansion in your life. 
The church in itself, this is its temporary home. That's why it's like a tent. It's like a tabernacle. It's growing and it must be enlarged as the family increases. You know, my, my, my family, there's me, my older sister, and my two, and my two older brothers, and my parents, whenever, whenever we grew up, we had a three-way, we had a three-bedroom house. My brothers had their room. My parents had their room. I had to share my room with my sister. That did not go very well for a couple of years. As you, as you, as you can imagine, um, as you, you can imagine, we both, we both wanted, we both wanted our space, right? Well, eventually, my parent, my parents sought the need to eventually move to move to a bigger home. Everybody, everybody got their, everybody got their own room, and eventually, my brothers would start to move out of them. My sister eventually moved out. Then it was just me. Good times. Those were very good years of my life. Why, why do I share that? Why, why do I share that with you? Is that because it wasn't up until that moment, my parents didn't move until they realized they needed the space. I feel like God is telling you, I'm going to give you the harvest. You need to prepare to make space for what I'm about to give you. You need to make some extra rooms. You need to make some extra rooms in the house because it's about to get jam-packed in here. With spirit-filled believers. Are we, are we some of those spirit-filled believers? Look at some of these chairs that are empty around you. I want you, I want, next time you see them, I want you, I want you to pray, Lord, show me it is who you need, who you want to sit in that chair. And I will begin to pray for them. And not only that, I will, I will go find them. I want y'all to think about the name of our church, Kingsway Church. What do you think God is calling us to do with that name? The Lord is using us to bring the broken back to the King's way. You have been known, called, in the Bible, the Lord calls us those of the way. That's what, Paul, that's what Paul calls us, that we are those of the way. Who is the way? Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. So if we are walking on that road, whenever we see people that we, they have no idea where they're going, they may seem a little bit lost, friend, that you may be in that, in that very place for that very reason, to show them what the way really is. Kingsway Church, it's not, it's, not, it's not about the building, but about what God is building in you. What's he building in you? He's building, he's building, he's building faith in you. He's building strength in you. It could be the scariest thing to share, to, to share this story with someone, but it's the best thing that they could possibly ever hear. What God has done in you, somebody else may possibly need to hear that in their life. We don't know everybody's situation, but somebody needs to hear your story. And the worst thing you can do with your story is that you can keep it locked up. That's the worst thing you can do. And you imagine these men, these men who wrote this word, they didn't keep it to themselves, but they shared it. And even at the day, even at the day of Pentecost, from that very, from that very, from that very moment, the Holy Spirit fell down. Thousands upon thousands began to receive Jesus Christ. And we are still living in that, that it's increasing. The number of people accepting Christ is increasing. Somebody tell me, how many souls are we believing for a week here at Kingsway Church? Ten souls. Guess who's going to go get them? We are. Though you may, you may be asking, I'm, I'm telling you all this, you may be thinking, well, how am I going to be a part of that? Well, there's two ways I want, I want to share with you on that part. First thing, be sure that what you have in God is not based on emotion, but relationship. Because, because let's be honest, we've all heard people that bless God on Sunday, but they curse him on Monday. Because, my, because Monday morning comes, the bills are there, kids are talking back, Work, work, everybody's in a bad mood because, because, because it's Monday morning, and somehow this is all God's fault. Friend, God is not based on your emotion. 
Your faith is not based on, on, your, on, on your emotion. And friend, if your faith is, is based on your emotion, I'm going to challenge you to evaluate yourself because what God has set apart for you is bigger than emotion. It's a relationship. What does a relationship mean? That it, that it, that it cannot be broken. It is you and God, the pact that he made with you at the cross of Calvary, that it is not a bond that is easily broken. It's not based, it's not based on your emotion. It's not, I think I feel safe today. Or I think I feel like a heathen today. It's like you are who you are. And if you're found in Christ, that's who you are. That is your true identity. Friend, if that's not your identity, I promise you it's going to come out. You need to evaluate where you stand with God. Who are you? Who are you investing yourself into? Into yourself or into who God says about you? We want that for you because we want you to receive the very best from God. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, he says, he, he says this, Brethren, I urge you in the, in, the midst, in the midst of all holiness to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, acceptable, right there, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. It's free. This is your, this is your sacrifice to God, saying, I'm giving you my mind, I'm giving you my soul, and I'm giving you how I am going to live this life. You can choose which path you're going to choose. But friend, I encourage you to choose the path that follows right behind God. Why is this important, friend? Because there's a great movement of God happening and he is going to use those that have chosen to listen to his voice to go along with him. And the second thing, this is one of my favorite, this is one of my favorite things I've ever said to anyone. Do not be afraid to let God use you. This morning, this morning in children's church, I was, te- I was telling the children, I said, God's gifts they're great. All you got to do is reach out is, is reach out and grab them. It's not like you're going to just sit down in a pew and you say, I, I, I want to play, play piano like Brother Josh one day. And God, God is just going to have a piano float to you and your hands are just going to start playing by the miracle power of God. You got to put some work into it. So what does it mean? So what does it mean? How does work go into let, letting God move in you? If God is going to speak to you, he wants you to be ready to hear his voice. How do you know if you've heard God's voice? Friend, if what you've heard from God is in agreement with the word, you've heard God's voice. If it does not agree with this, it's not God. God is not the, God is not the man that he, should, that he should go against his only word. That's not, that's not, that's not what, he, what, what he is about. But if he has told you to do something according to his word, it's God. That goes to even the biggest commandment being set aside for, for the church body, and that is to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. That's for you. If you accept the Christ, this is for you. Do not let this slip past you. Friends, it's going to require some work, but I promise you this, that whatever God, whatever God puts your hands to work on, he will bless it. Do blessings come in trial? Sometimes, yes, they do. Are the trials heavy? Yes, sometimes they are. But God is bigger than the trial. God is bigger than the situation. God is bigger than anything we can ever imagine. Some of you may be called to be small group leaders, and you may, and you may, not, and you may not even know it, but God is possibly preparing you for that. Worship leaders as well, children's church staff, and so much more. God is ready to use your willingness. All you have to do is say, yes, God, I'll move with you. Whatever you want me to do, I will do it. Also, don't be afraid to listen to God. How many of us know that whatever God tells, it can be a little scary sometimes, right? I can only imagine 
I can, I can only imagine what God has told y'all in your, in your personal prayer times and you're thinking, Lord, really? You're going to do this? God said, I said it. Can he do it? Yes. Sometimes God may tell you something. You may not want to do it. But if he's telling you, it's on you. Everybody, go with me to the book of Acts. We're going to go through, we're going to go through a little story there. Acts chapter 8. Verse 26, please. Word of God says, But an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Go up, go south the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is, this is the desert road, verse 27. So he got up and went, and there was the Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure, and he had come to Jerusalem to worship. He was returning and sitting in his chariot and, and was reading the prophet Isaiah. Reason why I'm, reason why I'm going to point that out is because God was speaking to Philip, saying, I need, you to, I need you to go here. He didn't exactly know why, but guess what? He went anyway. Sometimes with us, we want to know the very specific details about what God is doing. If God is telling you, if God is telling you, I need you to get ready to give $1,000, first question, what for? Where's that going to go to? How am I going to see that come back? All these different questions that are, that, that are going through our minds, and God is saying, I just need you to trust me. I just need you to trust me. And so as Philip would go, here's how the story would continue, would, would continue to go on. Verse 29, then the spirit said to Philip, go up and join this chariot. You see how the spirit was speaking as he was listening? What you have heard, what, what you've heard God say, trust him because he's going he's gonna to keep unraveling the mystery to you. You just have to keep trusting him. Philip ran up and heard him reading Isaiah prophet and said, do you understand what you are reading? Verse 31, and this is a very common phrase for us today. He said, well, how could I unless someone guides me? Friend, we cannot assume that everybody knows what this book is about. We can't assume that everyone knows who Jesus is. Everybody knows, everybody knows what the Bible says. But we have to be ready to, to explain it to them. We have to be ready to teach them up in that way. Yes, these chairs can be, can be, full, of, can be full of new people who just fully accepted Christ. Well, what's going to happen whenever it comes time to train them? We have to, be, we have to be willing and ready to do that, to train them up in the Word. Let me show you what the Word says. Let me show you what God, what God wants to share with you. This is what God has called us to do. You don't have to be in some big, in some big Bible study class to deliver someone the Word. You could do it at your kitchen table. You, could do it at, you can do it in the aisle of the supermarket. You could do it on the phone on your way, on, on your way to work. All God asking you to do is be ready to share. Said, and he invited Philip and come up and sit with him. Now the passage of scripture which he was reading was this. He was led as a sheep to slaughter. And as a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he does not open his mouth. In humiliation his judgment was taken away. Who will relate his generation? For his life is removed from the earth. Then verse 34. I love this part of the story. He said, please tell me of whom does this prophet say this? He wants to know. There's people out there that want to know more about God. And they need people to share it with them. If you want to make room for God, you got to make room in yourself to be able to teach these people. If, if there's someone that came up to you, hey, what, is, what, uh, what, what does this say? Be prepared to try your best to figure it out with them. Here, let's sit down and let's read this together. Let's see, let, let's see what the Word of God is saying to both of us. 
you, ne- you may never know. God may be using that person to speak to you through his word as well, and that's possibly a word you need to hear. Then you study the word together, and you're like, oh, wow, I need that too. <laughs> you, just, you, just, you just never know, but the key thing is God is telling you, always be ready. You listen to God, and that could be the very difference in someone else's life. That's the best part about it. Part two, vision two, we're going to have two parts. Believe God, spare not. Believe God, spare not. Is it hard to trust God some days? Yes, because it can look very hard some days. Friend, here's the bottom line once it comes to believing God. You must believe in God that even in the situations you are in, they are not determining the kind of, the kind of God that he is. Just because it's financially rough, that does not mean that, that, the pro, that the eternal providence of God is limited. That is not what that means. You could just be being tested for this season, and that's 100%, and that's 100% fine. I remember one time, it was in, it was in my transition from, uh, from working full-time in Victoria to entering into full-time ministry, and I had already started working less hours because I was preparing for full-time ministry moving here to Beeville, and I had, it was a, it was a Sunday night service, and I had $10 to last me until Wednesday whenever the check was going to come in I had ten dollars and I'm sitting there I'm sitting there in the chairs and I feel the Lord even from the very beginning say give your ten dollars and I'm like that's my last ten dollars to Wednesday Lord He's like, just trust me. I just need you to trust me. I was like, okay, okay, okay. So then uh, I hang on to it, and, we, and they, they, gave, they gave the offering at the very end, and I felt the Lord say, give $10 to the offering. Okay, let's do it. That's fine. So I go, and I drop the 10, and I go back to my seat. I'm not going to lie. I was a little mad. <laughs> Then after I'm being I'm being very I'm being very transparent with you because I, I want you to know that the that these situations do face do do face your leaders as well and we have to trust God too that if God is going to move in the unlimited favor then we have to believe it too. So later on so so later on that night I'm pulled I'm pulled I'm I'm pulled aside by Pastor Wright. he said oh I forgot to tell you this at the at the beginning of service I'm like what's he about to say I was getting ready to go on on a mission trip in a couple months and he said um. You've been given you've been given a thousand dollars to go towards your mission trip, and there's a and there's another donor that gave another two hundred and fifty, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> Trusting God can be a little scary sometimes, but the ultimate reward is bigger than what you can imagine. You see what God did there, and I could look at I could look at some of you, and I could ask you what has God done in your life, and some of you are giving me a big smile right now because there are stories circulating into your head where you should where you should have been broken, but God said you're not broken yet, you're not done yet. I'm still building you up. I'm not finished with the work I'm doing in your life. If you are in that season of your life right now, say God is working in me, friend. It's okay. It, it's it's okay that it's okay that you're in that season because God's about to give you a grand restoration of what was removed from you. Go with me to First Peter chapter one verse three. First Peter chapter one in verse three. Better yet, starting in verse two. According to the foreknowledge of God the Father, by the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to obey Jesus Christ, be sprinkled with his blood, may grace and peace be yours in the fullest measure. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, verse 3, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again 
to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable, undefiled, and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, listen up, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials so that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even t though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That is good news for you. That means that there's a reason for the trouble you're in. First point about sparing not, spare not your faith. James chapter 1, verse 6, it says, But what you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one that doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed. By the wind, whatever you are asking of God, believe that he's already done it. Declare, whenever, if, you're, if you're in need of healing, tell the Lord what he has said about healing in his word. Say, Lord, your word says in Isaiah 53, verse 5, that by your stripes I am healed, so I'm declaring your healing power over my life. Spiritual, physical, and emotional healing is set aside, is set aside for you. Spare not your faith. Believe God for bigger. He has put in you faith. What does the Bible tell us about faith? faith? Faith is the assurance of things unseen. You may not see it right now, and that's the hardest part about faith, is that you can't see the results immediately, but they're coming. And they come in his perfect time. Don't spare your faith. Don't base your faith on, on what you see, because what you see will deceive you. But base your faith on what God has said in his word about the future for you. Restoration will come. Freedom will come. Deliverance will come. He is in the season, as we said earlier, of expanding, enlarging your faith. So receive that enlargement from God. Receive more from God. Give yourself room to receive more from God. The second thing, don't spare on your giving. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 5 through 7. So I thought it necessary to urge the brethren that they would go on ahead. This is Paul speaking to go on ahead to you and arrange beforehand your previously promised bountiful gift, so that the same would be ready as a bountiful gift and not affected by covetousness. Verse 6, now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do just as he has, per he has proposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. That's not just in your finances, but that's also in your time and in your compassion. That's why Pastor Isaac urges the leaders of Kingsway Church, every person that walks through those doors, we treat them as if they were the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Why? Because we are to treat them like the royalty they need to believe they can be. Royalty bought with the high price, but I was given, that was given to them for free. Be generous of your, of your, of your, of your finances. If God, has put, if God has put into you this year to, do, to do, give a bigger offering, let that be the Spirit telling you. If you never want to give more than what God is telling you, you never want to give less than what God is telling you. But you want to give what God has told you to give. And you will see how he will multiply that. There have been families here at Kingsway Church who have given $1,000 offerings, even when they had even 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 less than that to give, but they gave it in faith, and God gave them a beautiful restoration of their giving because they gave it with all their heart. He can do that for you. Don't spare your giving. Give God as much as you can. Give God as much of your time as you can, and do it with the biggest smile, with the biggest smile that you can, the, 
with what you can. Sometimes working a work, a working in ministry, it can stretch you. It can stretch you a little bit. Sometimes people don't act the way that the way that you want them to. But you're but you're working for God, and you know that your reward is gonna is gonna be multiplied to you. So that so that's what keeps keeps the keeps the ministries going is that we love serving God. Therefore, so we love serving His people. I pray that you would adopt that mindset as well. That whenever you're serving, whenever you're serving any portion of the body of Christ, you are serving God Himself, and He is going to reward you for that. Third part, this is talking about this talking about the, tor- the cords being, being lengthened. Can you, stand, can you stand even under the pressure points? That's a big question, isn't it? Can you stand even under the pressure points? When the finances don't look rough, can you still stand? When you feel like you're drowning, can you still stand? When things don't look right, can you still stand? The more the tent is enlarged by lengthening the cords, as the cloth is being covered and fastened in the ground, the more the stakes supporting the taint need to be strengthened. The church is not merely to seek new converts, but to strengthen those in the faith. Friend, we need to build up one another. We need to be able to encourage one another. Because some of us have had some pretty terrible weeks sometimes, but the second we get here, it's like we feel God wrapping us up in his love. Like we, he knows exactly what we need. So we come here, we hear, we hear and speak, and it's exactly what we need to hear. And sometimes we, don't, sometimes we don't feel like being here. But God has a lot for us to be here, to hear his voice. This is your privilege set aside by God. Can you still stand even under the pressure points? Can the tent take the weight of the enlargement? Will you help in the enlargement of the tent? Will you help expand the kingdom of God? Yes? Good. Where there is growth, I'm going to be honest with you, there will be growing pains and signs of it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get ready, ready to close with this verse, Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. You want to see what some pressure points look like? I will show you what some pressure points look like by using the word right here in Acts chapter 4. Peter and John, two men that followed behind, that fought, that followed behind Jesus, they were arrested. Why were they arrested? Because they performed, they performed a miracle of healing a man that had been very ill. And as they're, and as they're, and as they're being arrested, I want, you, I want you to take a look at, what, at what's happening right here. It's starting in verse 5, Acts chapter 4, verse 5. On the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes were gathered together in Jerusalem, and Annas the high priest was there, and Caiaphas and John Alexander, and all who were of high priestly descent. When they had placed him in the center, they began to inquire, By what power or in what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are on trial today for a benefit done to a sick man, as to how this man has been made well, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this name, this man stands here before you in good health. Verse 11, he is the stone which was rejected by you, the builders, but which became the chief cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. I want you to go all the way down to verse 20, please. For we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. 
I want you to develop that mindset is that what God has done in you, don't just contain it. Share it with every person that you can and say, look what God has done in me. It's not anything about what we have done on our own, but it's by everything that God has done in us. If you have been saved by faith in, G in Jesus Christ, say amen, please. Praise God, there's some, there's some faith-filled people tonight because all the, all the people of the world need to hear what God has done in you. We cannot keep quiet about what God is doing in our lives, what miracles he's done, what he's performed in us. There's things that he's done in our life that have literally taken our breath away. And if God hasn't taken your breath away, friend, what is? What is the thing that is making, that is making you stand in awe if it is not God himself? God is asking you the question, and this and this has taken my breath away before. He'll say, he'll, he'll ask me certain questions about certain areas, certain areas of ministry, and I have no choice but to trust him. I don't know what the future looks like, but I know it's a bright one because God is the one who has called me. And he who has called me has never failed, not even once. So if there's something you need, just call on him. He comes, he comes presenting you this challenge. Can you afford to expand? Can you make room for him? Can you trust him even in, even in the pressure points? And can you not spare your faith? Can you believe him for more? Would you stand with me, please? Friend, you've been given a golden opportunity here to receive more from God. You ought to take more. God has set aside more for you. You just have to believe him for more. Everybody, put your hands in a receiving position. I want you to think about whatever it is you're asking God for. Think very deep into your own heart. There's certain things that you've been asking God for that nobody else knows about, but he knows. All you got to do is give it to him. All you got to do is believe him for it. If it's enlargement in your life and your faith, you can receive that tonight. If it's, un if it's unlimited provision in areas that you may have never had provision before, you can receive that tonight. If it's a refilling of the Holy Spirit in your life, you can, you can receive that tonight. If it's receiving Jesus into your heart, you can receive that tonight. All you got to do is call upon his name. Receive him. Call upon him. Let's lift up a voice of prayer into this place. Father God, we come before your throne of grace, thanking you for what you've done by the power of your cross, giving us freedom, giving us life. What you've done in our lives cannot be reversed by any other. We acknowledge this, that you have prepared an enlargement set aside for us. You're asking us this question, can you afford to expand? But God, we are saying that we want to move with you. We want to grow with you. We want to have an enlargement of our faith. We want to have more than we've ever received before. We may not know what the future looks like, but we know the one who holds tomorrow, and that is you. Oh, Father, we call upon you tonight. Yes, God, we will make room for you. We will not spare our faith. We will stand even when pressure points are heavy. We will stand and say, yes, God, we can afford to expand in our lives. 
We can afford to receive more. Just begin to lift up your voice in prayer before God. Jesus, we call upon you, Jesus. We're going to go ahead and open this altar. If you, would say, if you just want to come and pray for a moment, this is, this is for you. Don't, don't, don't hesitate and open altar. Come and lay down whatever it is, needs that you have, you have in your life. God, God, God wants to respond, wants to respond to your faith tonight. Remember, God is not a God who's moved by the need, but he is a responder of your faith. So tonight, if that's you, this altar is open for you. Come and receive whatever it is God has set aside for you. In Jesus' name.